Amen, amen. I'm going to go ahead and start getting us started here. I, I know uh, I'm sort of thrown off this morning because my wife is is missing. I kind of told you all that a minute ago. Um, I know we're uh, getting the live stream started, so people, awesome, we're we're good to go with the live stream. So, but yeah, I'm we're we're sort of swimming this morning. If you hadn't, if you couldn't tell, uh, the one that keeps us going is my wife, and she is she is out there getting my my daughter's tea going. So she's she's doing her job, just not for me, right? So I've been uh I've been up to my neck in wedding stuff or tea stuff all day yesterday. We had balloons. Th- these two fingers have there's damaged. I don't know if they're going to come back. I'm believing God, right? We're going to we're going to believe God for healing for my fingers because we had balloons that we blew up. They're supposed to be this huge arch and I mean, there was glitter everywhere yesterday. Do you know that Do you know that weddings and and all that it's it's awesome. But there's a lot of stuff that comes up to it. And most of the time, I'm just ready for it to be over with. So, you know, that's where I'm at in this situation. Even with my own wedding. Uh, in fact, at the end of this month, me and Heather will be married 25 years when I was just ready to get married. I, and in fact, Charlie even told me, he was like, I'll give you a check if you'll just go elope. And I was like, yes, let's do that. Okay. So I did the exact same thing for my daughter and my son-in-law. And they turned me down. I mean... I turned him down, and I didn't want to. It was her that said, keep going. But, you know, I just, I'm looking at this and saying this is a transitional time. This is a time that, that we have in our lives where we're going from one phase of life to another. I was actually talking to Lacey a little bit this morning about, you know, we're, she's got kids. They've got kids that are, they've got to go to a birthday party and everything. And I was just thinking, you know, we're, I'm getting to that point to where, it's just going to be me and Heather at some point. You know, that's a good thing. That is a really good thing. In fact, I'm going to tell you straight up, you know, one of the greatest relationships that you need to build is between husband and wife. Because the kids leave at some point. You know what? You don't want to be looking at somebody 25 years later and going, who the heck are you? The only people I know in this family are the rugrats that was running around. So it's a good thing to have your kids and have them move on. I'm ready for my daughter in October to get married, and then I want her to move on. You know, the Bible actually says that, that a husband and wife leaves their father and mother and goes on. They go and do their own thing, right? So it's a good thing. Hey, kids in the back, don't stay at home with the parents, all right? I'm just telling you. I don't want to hear you being 35 years old and you're, you're staying at home with the parents, okay? Well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get us started. I know I got a sidetrack right there. But for the last few weeks, we've been talking about faith. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, I break faith down because it's a pistis in the, in the Greek. It just means to trust God. You know, I trust lots of things. I trust that these chairs are going to hold y'all up. I have faith that those metal chairs are going to hold y'all up. You know, the thing is, is that that is a human 
physical faith. That is a faith that is seen and I've done over and over and over in my life. It's like when I was a kid and dad was over there and there was a stove and I would touch it, it would be hot. And he'd go, don't do that. That's pretty simple, right? But I have a trust when I see an open flame, it's going to burn me if I touch it. Y'all don't do that either, kids, okay? All you that, y'all don't go touch flames that are open, okay? But my point behind this is, is that things that are not seen, the things where I'm like just believing that God's word is truth. You know, I, I think it's pretty awesome that Romans 10, 9, you know, it tells us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that, that we'll be saved. But do you know that the second part of that, the second, the, the next verse, Romans 10, 10, it says, with the heart man believes. That's a definition. See, our heart sometimes is not conditioned to believe for certain things. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's a few more verses down. Do you know that we have to hear something, we have to believe something, and then we have to do something. We have to, to go in a direction. You know, the last few weeks as I've been telling this because I'm trying to, you know, last week I was going to teach for six hours just to catch everybody back up, but I'm not going to do that today, okay? What I want to do is I want to talk about who is God to you. Because once you've got faith in God, what do you believe about Him? What is truly in your heart? Because the world can actually believe. You know, Jesus said, hey, the devils believe and they tremble. But what do they believe about God? What do you believe about God? So here's our kind of our, our basis scripture. It says, it says here, I have set before you life and death. Uh-oh, he set two things in front of you. Blessing and cursing, therefore, choose life. He went ahead and gave you the answer. If you don't know which one to choose, choose life. Because life is the better of the two. Can I get an amen from everybody on that? Amen. So what I want you to understand is that the next verse tells us why that's so awesome. And it says, because you will love the Lord your God and you will obey his voice. That means you're going to hear him. If you choose life, God is going to talk to you. You know, John tells us, John 10 actually tells us that my sheep hear my voice and no other will they hear or follow. Do you know that this is, this is a promise? By the way, y'all just heard this promise? You can start believing for it. That God's going to come and he's going to start talking to you. You know, when I was 18 years old and I heard the word of God that said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me, it became alive on the inside of me. I had ADD and dyslexia. I didn't even graduate high school. Well, now, about 11 years later, I went from a GED, I had to get a GED, and I went and I got an associate degree and a bachelor's degree, and now I have a master's degree in computer engineering. You know, my mom said that one of the greatest testimonies about the faith of God was that I couldn't even read a book and tell you what I read. I could read words, but I couldn't tell you what the, what the book said because I was so squirrel, squirrel everywhere. You know that, that one of the things that God did was he took, my, he took my sufferings 
and He changed it over for good. Romans 8.28 says that He will take all things and work them for the good of those who love Him. You know that as I was going through that, you know, I started realizing that because I have ADD and dyslexia, that God took, it, took the bad parts away and gave me the good parts. I now write documentation for the government. We go out, I'm part of committees, and I go out and I write documents. I would have never been able to have done that like 15, 20 years ago. Just wouldn't have happened. But you know, God, every single time I put my faith in His Word, His Word says something, and I go, is it something I'm supposed to believe in? You know, the Word has promises in it, but it also has history. The Word has promises, and it also has context. You can need to go weed through the, the, the promises and the context or the word uh, that is a promise in history and start going, how do I apply it to myself? And see, that's what this is saying is that if I have a relationship from God, I'm going to hear from Him. I'm expecting to hear from God in every single part of my life. Have faith in God, His word, and He will have a plan for your life. So that's where we're at. Also salvation and being saved. See, we get saved and he turns our, he turns our spirit man around. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says we become a new creature in Christ Jesus. But salvation is for our mind. Our mind, will, and emotions. That's one of the reasons why the full armor of God says that put on the helmet of salvation. I'm supposed to be changing my mind. Romans 12.2 tells us that we're supposed to be transformed by the word of God. That our mind is renewed. See, we can have this thing called, I'm just saved and I'm stuck. I'm waiting for the great by and by. But you know what? Salvation is for the great now and now. And we have to understand that every single time that God's word comes in, it starts digging up all those old rocks. It starts putting a seed in us. Well, a seed doesn't pop out fruit tomorrow, right, guys? I mean, you go plant a seed today, hey, it may take six months for that seed to actually bloom into a fruit. But see, that's what we have to do is we have to start putting God's Word in today. We need to start believing it, and it will grow. And when it grows, you will have fruit. I say this all the time. God put... Five, up to five times the amount of seeds in an apple. You go eat an apple, you can go plant five trees out of that one apple. You know, that's pretty awesome. That's awesome because when I plant a seed in God's word, it's going to bloom. And then I can go give those seeds out to everybody else. You know, I could be sitting here and I'll go put seeds into Caleb and then Less than a year later, he starts telling me about the promises of God. That's pretty awesome. Because if I have a seed, it turns into fruit. Then when I go plant it into you, you get to grow fruit and you get to go put seeds into other people. Amen? Amen. So salvation is this thing. It's called peace and health and prosperity and righteousness. Say it with me. Peace and health and prosperity and righteousness. One more time. Peace and health and prosperity and righteousness. See, this is a part of our promise. 
Our salvation in Him is a promise of peace and health, prosperity and righteousness. So where do we go from here? Who is God to you? You know, God to me a long time ago, back before I actually knew Him, God was a different kind of person to me. I thought, I thought if I messed up, God was mad at me. That I could barely step over the line. Have you, ever had, have you ever had it where, you know, I remember in school, they would always say, if you go outside the line, he goes, you're out of bounds. I don't care if, you're, if, if your toe barely touches on the other side. You're out of bounds. Well, you know, God doesn't look at things the, the exact same way as we do games. God looks at as I have a relationship with you and I set the boundaries. You know, God himself has a relationship with you and he sets your boundaries. It's not finite. Well, you may be going, well, yeah, there's some finite stuff. Well, okay, there may be some finite stuff. But let me just say this. Things that are sin to me may not be a sin to you. Things that are that are a trespass to me that, that, that has issues may not be a big deal to you. You know, I don't watch movies that have cuss words in them. Well, you know why? Because if I hear cuss words over and over and over again, I start thinking cuss words. In fact, if I go and hit my thumb with a hammer, I may use one of them. But I've realized in my life that if I take away those opportunities for me to hear it it's not in my head for it to come out when the ouch hits I may say stuff like son of a biscuit eater but you know that I would much rather sound stupid and use stupid words because those are the kind of things that are going on in my head than I use some word that is going to maybe offend someone or what about this? What about it hurts my testimony to someone else? You know that, that there are things that are sins to me because I put my own boundaries with God. Now that may not be a boundary for you. And I'm not saying that it should be a boundary for you. I don't know. You and God need to work that out. But what I want you to understand is that God is not trying to put everybody in the same box and make them Follow some sort of rules and regulations. See, that's what the law was. The law of Moses, the Levitical law was designed in order to put everybody in the same box. And then man came along and added more to it. And see, this is what I want you to understand is that you and God have a relationship and you've got to decide what the boundaries are. You know, there's a lot of times in my life that I'll be sitting there going, Lord, I really want to do this. And he comes back and says, it's not going to be very beneficial for you. You know, my dad and my mom were the same way. Hey, that's not going to be good for you. Does he stop me? No, he can't. He can't stop me. He gave me free will. His word gave me free will to be able to go do whatever I want to do. But guess what? Every time I go do what I want to do apart from him, I get myself in trouble. And that's when I start going, oh, Lord, help me. Oh, why did you let this happen to me? Well, it's because 
I started setting boundaries that wasn't God's boundaries. I started having areas where I didn't have relationship. So who is God to me? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of, couple areas where I see God for me. And maybe you can see him for you that way too. So God is a protector to me. And we're going to primarily be in Luke chapter 11 right now. So if you have a Bible, I will have it up on the screen. Uh, for those that are on the live stream, you'll be able to see it as well. But it says here in Luke 11, 1, it says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he had ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Now I want you to understand something. Jesus had just went through and sent all these people, 70 of them, out to go and preach the gospel. He brought them back. They were having a party because they saw blind eyes open. They saw people that got set free of things. It was an awesome experience for them. So if you go over and you look at Luke 10, it's going to show you some really awesome things. But then they come back and they're like, hey, I want to know how to pray. And see, one of the things I think that Jesus said is, hey, I don't want you to just know how to pray. I want you to know why you're praying. In verse 2 it says, So he said unto them, When you pray, say, O Father in heaven. I'm going to tell you what, they did not call God Father. That was not a Jewish thing back then. God was God. He was Yahweh, and you did not speak as if he was anywhere close to being kin to you. Because if God was kin to you, then they would go, oh, so you think you're like God. Well, see, Jesus was bringing a new standard. He was wanting to say, I want to bring you into the family. I don't want you to just see God as somewhere as far off, but I want you to see him as your father. Oh, that changes everything. If God is no longer this being that's out there that could be angry with me, or he could, you know, he could set these boundaries, and as long as I stayed in my box then he was going to be okay with me. But if I come out, man, I'm going to get hit. Do you know that, that if he's my father, I get to have a relationship with him. How many times, Dad, did you say, hey, go cut the grass? And I said, no, I don't want to cut the grass right now. He can't count that high. Do you know that the thing is, is that my father, God, tells me all the time, hey, we need to go do this or you don't need to do that. And I go, God, I don't want to do that. You know, I can talk to my father because I have a relationship. And he goes, if you do it, it's going to be a problem. Do you know that, that my father in the last two weeks, how many people like the cheap gas? How many people out here, everybody needs to get your hand up because everybody likes the cheap gas, right? Everybody wants to go get the cheap gas. And so I was no different three weeks ago. I'm over there at, uh, at Murphy's USA, right over here on 119. The parking lot looks like that it's a beehive. I mean, it's an ant bed. There's just people crawling all over each other. And so I go into the parking lot. The, I think it was like... 311 or something for gas. Everywhere else was like 318 or, or 320. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go get the cheap gas. So I go in there and I get into that hornet's nest. And I get in the middle of it and I'm trying to, I'm trying to abide by the laws. I'm trying to be nice to people. 
And, you know, right there they have this big yellow thing that has these stripes, and you're not supposed to go through the parking lot right there. So I was waiting my turn, and this guy decides he's going to go jam his car into the little yellow space. Well, you know what started happening? The old man started rising up in me, and I was like beeping my horn. I was pointing at him. I was like, no, that's my space. That's mine. That's my cheap gas that you're trying to get. You know what the guy does? He flips me off. Oh, well, the Lord goes, hey, hold up. Hold up. You know, every single time I thought to myself, where's my gun? I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to get out here. I'm going to fight this dude. This is my gas. Oh, okay. Al's apologizing. Apology accepted, Al. But I, I will tell you this. I was incensed. And the Lord said, if you do this, you lose your family. You lose your, you lose your ministry. You might lose your job. You're going to lose all this stuff. And I wasn't going to go kill the guy. I was just going to go... Tell him, you know, very verbally and maybe physically that he needs to get out of my parking, my, my gas spot. You know, the Lord taught me some simple math right there. Y'all think, man, Dusty, does the Lord really talk to you about simple math? Absolutely. God talks to me all the time. You may say I'm crazy. Well, if I'm crazy, then don't wake me up because I like what I get from God. Because this is what he told me. He said, real quickly, it was like it flashed in my head. I've got a 21-gallon tank, and it's only 10 more cents at the other place. How much is that, guys? It's not much. It's $2.10 more. So... I could go and waste $2.10 or I could go to jail. I mean, what, which is the two? Which is choosing life and which is choosing death, okay? But see, God is trying to get me to the point to where I just give up anyway. And go, oh, I'm going to wait. Or, oh, I'm going to pay the $2.10. Do you know that choosing life has little to do with, with I've got to go and do something for God in some amazing way. He's trying to just help you live. Because it says right here, it says, So he said to them, When you pray, our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day by day our daily bread. This is this word bread. We're going to find out that bread has more to do with life than it does food. In fact, it says here, it says here in verse 4, it says, And forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and do not lead us into temptation. This word lead is esferio, and it means to bring in or let in. It means God, when I was at the gas station trying to get the cheap gas, He's holding me back. He's going, wait a minute, son, because you need to forgive this person who just did this and move on. You know, sometimes we look at this and go, oh, I've got an alt against my brother. 
I've got alts against a lot of people. If I see somebody messed up or did something, I'm going to go, well, that's, that's, you know, that's bad. I wouldn't do that. But do you know that that's not what this word forgive is talking about? This word forgive is saying, don't let it get it over on you. Let's, let's do something different, guys. You know that when it says here, and I actually used this verse from Mark 11, 23, 24, you know, last week, do you know that, that when Peter and, and James and all of them were going towards, um, I think it was Bethsaida, or it was uh, Bethsaida, and Jesus saw a fig tree and he cursed the fig tree. And they all was like, oh, okay. And then they go in and he does this awesome miracle. He goes into the synagogue and he flips a 500-pound table end over end. All of the guards don't kill him. That's that's, That's pretty amazing. That's a miracle right there. Because they would have killed him for just going in and acting up in the temple. Well, they left the temple. They went to church. Nobody messed with him. He leaves the next day, comes back out. The fig tree is dead. And Peter goes, Wow, Lord! Now, Jesus had already fed the 5,000. They were a part of that. He'd walked on water and a fig tree was dead. I'm just going to tell you what. Fig trees being dead compared to walking on water. Two different miracles, right? So he goes, wow, Lord, look, the fig tree that you cursed, it was cursed. And it's dead at the root. And this is... This is the way that Jesus has shown me this as I've prayed about this over the years. They're walking. Jesus is out front. He's the leader. Peter's somewhere back over here and he says this. And Jesus turns around, looks at him and says, Have faith in God. This is what you're so excited about is that a fig tree is dead? I mean... Seriously, how dull can you be that we've seen all these other miracles, but this is what Peter's going to be all excited about. And then he goes into Mark eleven twenty three, where it says, If you say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart that whatsoever things that when you say them and believe them, that they shall come to pass. Everybody usually stops right there. Right? But then he says in verse 24, it says, Therefore I say unto you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, and that you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. means let it go. Let it go. Choose life. Choose to do something beyond, hey, I'm going to go get mad. I'm going to go show this guy that took my cheap gas. What for? And it says, and it says here that your Father in heaven may also forgive, or this word is loose, you of your trespasses. It means that He will let you go. Yeah, you're ready now. You're ready to go and take on everything that I have. You know, sometimes God's holding us back from going to the next level in Him. And we're always trying to find a way over the wall. You know, if there's a barrier, a lot of times we're trying to push through the barrier. And God may be going, hey, you're not ready to take on this next step. 
Sometimes we need to understand when we're living our life and we're going out here and we go and the guy starts stealing our cheap gas. If the first thing it thinks to you is, hey, go over there and pop him in the mouth, you might want to back up and go, hey, you're not ready for some things yet. You know, that's one of the reasons why you don't see me as an evangelist because if I was out there and somebody started cussing and screaming at me, I have to, I have to go, okay, Lord, back me up. You know, I really believe that everybody in here could take every single thing in their life and you can say, I have an indicator that I may be being held back because I need to change some stuff in my life. There may be some things in my life that I need to get, that I need to deal with so that I can move forward. You know, if you're sitting there, you know, I work in the the technology business and we have these things called key indicators of compromise. It's not a, it's not the hacker that's in there that we see. It's what he's doing. It's the, it's the thing that is happening that we go, that's weird. It's an indicator of compromise. Well, we have indicators all the time that we're not ready or that we need to move in a different direction. And see, this is what God is trying to say is, hey, when you're praying and you realize, hey, I'm living my life and the next thing is, you know, is this guy is trying to take my gas and that made me mad. Well, this is something I need to work on in my heart. And one of the ways I did it was I just went and got the, the less cheap gas. Do you know that that gave me more peace? I don't even go to Murphy's anymore. How many people know that that was a great peace? I mean, I, for me to not even go and get in that mess, it gives me peace. Well, Dusty, you missed out on the cheap gas. Well, you know what? If I can't afford $2.10, then, then I should have probably just stayed at the house. Do you know that we need to have peace over prosperity? Because peace will actually lead to prosperity. Because our false sense of what prosperity is will make us poor. Have you ever heard somebody that was poor mouthed, poor minded? Do you know that when you sit there and you're trying to save $2.10 by driving all the way across town to go get gas for 308 when it was 318 over here at the Circle K? you, You got a poor minded issue. See, God is trying to bring us into a situation where he says, I'm going to let you go and I'm going to let you get to the next level if you'll just listen to me. So God is my protector. He protects me from my own stupidity. He tells me, go get the more expensive gas because you're not ready to move forward and let these people take your gas. God is the God of the new day for me. In fact, Luke chapter 11 verse 5 says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and shall say, Friend, lend me three loaves. I want you to understand something. Before Jesus and John showed up on the scene, there was 400 years. 400 years that God had not spoken to Israel. And so this is really more of a prophecy about who Jesus was and about the prophets that were trying to get Israel to start listening to God. In fact, the 
at midnight, that's the beginning of a new day. We have a new day that has started through Jesus Christ. And this bread and loaves, these three loaves, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, the bread of life itself is Jesus and Him crucified. He was sent to be life. So this bread that he has, when he says, my body broken for you, and it's the bread, he's saying, I gave my life freely so that you can have every benefit and every promise that I could ever have. And guess what? It wasn't just me that gave. It was the Father that gave. It was the Holy Spirit that gave. And I decided that I was going to give my life as bread. In fact, it says here, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. Guess who the friends are? It's us. It's us. There was nothing to set before anybody at this time. There was no salvation. There was nobody that was going out and listening to God's voice because he wasn't speaking. And Jesus shows up on the scene and this is what he's doing. And he says in verse 7, And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut. God shut the door on him. But do you know what happened? Do you know that John showed up and he made the, the path straight? Do you know that the prophets had predicted everything was going to happen and they made the path straight? And then when it was time, the persistence of people listening to God opened up for this one verse right here. And it says in verse 8, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. You know that God said, hey, there's people all the time. We pray for things all the time that there is a, a now and then there's a later. Have, have you ever had a now prayer? Lord, fix my situation now. Lord, fix where I'm at right now. And God is going, hey, I'm giving you a path. I'm giving you a place to go. You know that, that every single time in my life that I've ever moved forward, that I've ever went to the next level, whatever you want to call it, you know, there was always a time where it was like, I'm having, to, I'm having to see, can I handle that level? Can I handle the next part of my life? You know, we call this, I, I have five people that work for me. And we call this a trial. Oh, we've talked about trials and tribulations. That Jesus said, hey, there's going to be trials and tribulations. But do you know that those trials and tribulations are where you're at at your level? They're trying to see, can you go to the next level? What is the next level for you? What is the things God's talking to you about? You may be saying, hey, God hasn't talked to me about anything. And you know what? It's because maybe, just maybe, you need to say, hey, Lord, maybe I've went down the wrong path. Maybe, maybe I asked for the wrong thing. Lord, show me where I need to go next. What are the next things that I need to go to? Because in my own life, I know that every time I got ahead of God, I usually went in the wrong direction. I had to double back in order to be able to get back on the right path. 
You know, sometimes we all need to go, hey, I've went down the wrong path, God. Show me the way back. And see, God right here is saying, you know what? Because of your persistence, I'm going to give you as many as you need. You know, we have to come to God and we have to love Him and we have to want from Him. I mean, I can't just sit here and say, ah, whatever God does, whatever will be, will be. No, I have to go find His promise. I have to get the persistence to go into His Word and say, here is what the promise of God is. In fact, we see in John 6.30, this is a corollary here. It says in John 6.30, Therefore he said, uh, they said unto him, What sign will you perform that we may believe in you? What will you do? Our fathers ate of the manna that was in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Verse 32 says, Then Jesus said unto them, Most assuredly I say unto you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. See, this is, this is what we do. is we, we sometimes get into this situation to where we're following other people rather than following Jesus. I'm going to say that again, guys. You know what? I'm fine with people following me as I follow Jesus, but what if I fall away? I'm human just like everybody else. What if I make a mistake? Are y'all all going to fall away and not follow after Jesus? You know, this is what kills churches. This is what kills the body of Christ is the fact that we will follow people and stories. You know, I had a, I had a, a, a great aunt that she passed away. I did her funeral. And she said that she made this comment about or her husband made this comment about her Baptist faith. Well, I'm not following a, a denomination. I'm following Jesus, or I'm not following anything at all. Because guess what? The Baptist church could fall apart tomorrow. The world could go into complete chaos. But do you know that if I follow Jesus, then I'll always have a straight and narrow path. Don't follow me if you think that, hey, Dusty falls off to the wayside. You guys keep marching forward. Don't follow people so closely that you fall off the cliff with them. You follow Jesus. You look ahead towards the author and the finisher of our faith. You don't sit there and say, well, if Dusty didn't believe, then I'm not going to believe. Do you know there's been plenty of people that I've loved that said, I didn't believe? Okay. I do. I read the word. It said it. I'm going to go with it. I'm not going with what somebody else tells me, but I'm going to go with what Jesus said. And it says here, it says in verse 33, it says, For the bread of God is he who comes out of heaven and gives life unto the world. Then they said unto him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. You've been with me and you did, you saw me and you didn't believe. You know that just because you see something, we can have a move of the Holy Spirit like it was back 20, 30 years ago. And you could see awesome things that are going on in the church. And there was people that 
were back then that I talk to now that says, I'm chasing after that. I'm still looking for the moves of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sitting there going, well, you might not find it. If that's all you're looking for is a, a tingle and a feel. Well, you know what? That's not faith. All it is is I want something to tickle my five senses. You know, your five senses are powerful. They will rip you out of your situation and take you into a place that, that you don't need to be. Do you know that in my own life, every time I follow my flesh, and I'm not talking about eating barbecue, guys, okay? Because that does take me places where I don't need to go. But I'm just telling you that our five senses will take us to places we don't need to be. You know, the most shiny thing is not always the greatest thing. You know that when it says that I am the bread of life, Jesus looked just like everybody else. They saw him. They heard his words. They knew what he said, and it was bringing peace, and it was bringing joy. But it didn't look like the temple. The temple was covered in gold. How do we leave the temple and we go with the Spirit of God? See, that's what the bread of life is, is that, you know what? We could burn this building down. Let's, let's not do that, okay? I, I lease this building. so, But we, we, this building could be gone, and the church of Jesus Christ is sitting in the seats. Well, Dusty, that doesn't look good. I mean, what if, what if something happened and we all had to go back to my, to my house, like we were before October of last year? You know, there's some people that they go, well, I just, I, you know, if it's not in a church and the music's not just right and, and people don't do certain things, then it's not church. Well, you know what? Jesus is and always has been. You either follow Jesus or you don't follow anything else. You know, I was in, I was in Costa Rica. I've been you know, other places around the United States, and there's people that they have church under a lean-to. I mean, it's hot. I mean, thank God we got air conditioning in here. You guys are sitting here, you're not sweating. I am because, you know, if it's not like a meat locker, I'm usually sweating. But these people are outside, they're dancing, they're sweating because they're following Jesus. They're not following a, a man they're not following music. But see, God says, hey, there was a new day. There was a new way of doing this. He was the bread of life and he gave this life to us so that we could follow him into truth and not into some, some fantasy about what the church is supposed to look like. Who is God to you? Well, God is my good father. You know, this is, the, this is the most awesome part of who God is, is that He is a good Father. I know everybody, y'all are fixated on the baby sitting on the guy's head. Okay? And that's fine. But you know, you know, one of the things that I want you to understand is, is that if you've ever been a father, and I remember when Kaylee, my daughter, 20 years old, you know, she could have been the linebacker in our family. I mean, she could hit like nobody's business. I used to wear 
like spectacle glasses. And she come flying, she was like three years old, head to head, boom, my glasses exploded. You know, she'd lay on top of me. Caleb would lay on top of me when they were babies. You know, this is the relationship of a good father is that he wants his kids to play with him. He wants to be a part of their life in a way that's meaningful. So he doesn't want to be, Luke, I am your father. You will father, you'll follow me into the dark side. See, that's what most people think of God as their father is Darth Vader versus the guy that sitting here going, hey, I just want to play with you. I just want to be in a relationship with you. Because Luke eleven nine says, so, if, so I say if you ask, it will be given. If you seek, you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For anyone, I'm mean, sorry, for everyone who asks receives and whoever seeks finds. And to him who, the, who knocks, the door will be open. If a son asks for bread and any father among you Will he give a stone? See, a good father is going to do the right thing. You know, if, or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Verse 12 says, or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, knowing how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father gives good gifts Gives your heavenly Father gives the Holy Spirit who to you who ask of Him. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is a person? He's a part of the Trinity. He is there to give you all the things that you didn't know about. You know, there's things that I haven't even learned yet that the Holy Spirit is constantly telling me about. And I go back to the Word and I go, oh, it's right there in the Word. It's one of the reasons why I believe it is it is imperative that everybody reads the Bible through. Because the Holy Spirit in John, he said, go, go, the Holy Spirit will teach you the things that you have been taught before. He will teach you the new things. So if I'm reading the word and all of a sudden there's some, you know, obscure thing that the Holy Spirit's wanting to show me out of Esther. Well, I've read Esther before. I may have to go Google it, but it was like, oh, I remember that scripture is in Esther. Well, you know what? If you don't have anything to work with, the Holy Spirit is having to lead and guide people along your path to tell you stuff, to give you peace. It's one of the reasons why I believe that it is imperative that we read our Bible through. That we also read our Bible with context. You know, one of the things about you know, the, the Ten Commandments. How many people have heard the Ten Commandments? Everybody loves the Ten Commandments. Y'all keep them on your wall. You know, they took them out of our courts for a while and they put them back. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the Ten Commandments is really the first three or four is about, the first four is about how we have relationship with God. The last six is about how we have relationship with man. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus said, I give you a new commandment. It wasn't new. He just shortened it. Have you ever had something concatenated for you? You know, you were like, man, it's hard to remember these 10 things. And then Jesus goes, well, hey, I'm going to make it real easy for you. Love God and love your neighbor. That, that's, 
That's the, the law and the prophets and everything all wrapped up into one. You can take this Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20 and you can just take it and just concatenate it down and to love God and to love your neighbor. You know, Exodus 24 says, Thou shalt not make any graven image, that is a carved image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that's in the earth beneath or that's in the waters under the earth. You know, one of the things I want you to understand here as I'm closing is that God does not want you to see Him any other way than what He is. And He is not an image. I'm going to say that again, guys, because I think that was like a... My dad used to make fun of my, my wife. She had this... We called it the speed bump. She would take her hair and she would roll it up back 25 years ago. And my dad said, hey, I tell a joke and it was like a speed bump. It's the only thing that stopped it before it just went flying over her head, right? Well, this is the problem. We need speed bumps sometimes, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up and we're going to hit the bump again, okay? God said, thou shall not make unto thee Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. You know, God is not something that I can carve. But God is also not a bad God. I can't carve that in my heart. You know, if, if in my heart I see God more like Darth Vader than I do a dad that's willing to, pl to play with you, then you have a graven image that's carved in your heart. You know, I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes because I want to put into your head who God really is. God is the God of love that He is chasing after you. He wants to bring you to a place that, that you've never been. He wants to give you a peace and a joy that you've never had before. He wants to show you things that you've never seen before. God wants to play with you and He wants you to have fun with Him. God wants to see you prosper. God's not looking to hit you over the head when you made a mistake. But God wants to create in you a new heart. And He wants you to say, it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable to do something. Not that, hey, I had... I haven't renewed my mind. But God wants you to get to the place to where you're transformed and it's unthinkable. See, God loves you so much that He wants to, he wants to give you all that He gave Jesus. And because He did that, there is now an adoption paper. The moment that you got saved and you believed in Jesus, that He made you a new creature in Christ Jesus, then you became a son and a daughter in His kingdom. You have no more... You have, you're not like you were before. See, when you were in the world, they had claim to you. But no matter, even if you haven't renewed your mind, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, the, the three loaves of bread, they're sitting there going, 
You're a part of my family. I'm still fighting for you. Jesus came to give you life. The life of God, He put His last name on the end of your name. The love of God that is shed abroad abroad in your heart be in your heart, your belief system, and in your mind. When you got saved, you're you got your spirit renewed but then now you've got to renew your mind by the word of God so that now you know his promise and with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're sitting here and you go Dusty I don't know if I've ever made Jesus my Lord but I want to today I want to be a part of this family that you're talking about I want to have a peace that has passed all understanding If that is you today, then I want you to raise your hand right now. Amen. We're all saved. If you're sitting here today, and and I don't want anybody to raise your hand. But right now in your own heart, I want you to say, Lord, I don't, you know, if you say to yourself, I don't know if I knew that you were a good father to me. I saw you as a graven image of something that was maybe my dad or, or maybe a pastor that harmed you or, or somebody that was in the church that harmed you. If that's the way you saw God was based on the people that, that said that they served Him, then I just pray right now that you start changing your mind. You start digging that graven image out of your heart and just know that Jesus Christ himself is saying that no man that no figurine that no idealism about who God is is going to be correct if it is not the good good father and I'm going to pray a blessing over you Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over each and every person that is at the sound of my voice, those that are on the live stream, those that are here. I pray right now in Jesus' name that they start to say, Lord, am I going down your path or am I going down my own path? And if I'm going down my own path, Lord, show me the way back. Lord, give me the shortcut so I can get to, to your path. And I just pray right now a blessing that this week as they go along, that that the God of peace and joy, that that He's just going to fill them this week, that whenever they have their, their cheap gas station moment, that they just say, Father, I'm believing that you've got a place of peace for me. That you've got a place of joy for me. And you just fill their heart, Father. Not only the words that I say now, but also the feeling and the understanding of who you really are is just empowering them to be the children of the Most High God. And that 
everything that comes into their mind that is not of God, that it becomes unthinkable. And I just pray over them as they go forth this week. I pray, dear Lord, that you are giving them opportunity to plant seeds into other people. Help them, Father, to be able to minister unto the people that are in their world so that they can go and change it. I'm just praying that they're going to go into situations that, that seem impossible and they're going to make it possible. I thank you, dear Lord, that they're going to go into situations where there is strife and they're going to bring peace. Because they are children of the Most High God. And peace and joy is who you are. Father, I just pray over them that they are blessed. They're blessed. They're blessed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to be up here at the very end. If you want prayer for anything, please come down. But if not, you're dismissed. Have a great week.